So if I bring my dog out and do three sits three times a week, it's going to take my dog a lot longer to learn to sit than if I do 20 a day or 23 times a day for a week, right? They're going to get way more reps in a short period of time. It's the same thing. Like if you uh, are learning math, they don't give you one problem that uses the quadratic equation a day. They give you 30 of them. Right? And you do the same kind of problem over and over and over and over again. You're like, okay, I got this, right? I, I figured this out. It's the exact same thing for the dog. When I'm working on a skill, I want to drill that skill, and I want to get as many reps of that behavior in a compressed time frame as possible while they're trying to learn what that is. Right? And that'll speed the process up. So we tend not to use toys in the beginning as much because we don't get as many reps. Harder, like some of these things like luring your dog into a stand with a toy can be really hard, unless your dog's very polite about the toy, right? Because then I, as I push, they grab it out of my hand, they're like leaping on you, they're doing all kinds of craziness. So teaching those behaviors with a toy can be hard. There are people out there that do it, that are really good at it, but it's, it's difficult. It's a, it takes a lot more physical skill and timing, and you have to have a lot of uh, uh, restraint put on your dog so they know that they can't grab the toy until you tell them they can grab the toy. So they tend to have to be further along. Whereas with, uh, like you couldn't bring out a little puppy and use a toy to do those things very functionally. But food, no problem. And then once you've established the behavior with food, you can replace the food with a toy. And after lunch, we'll bring out and we'll do a little play with the toy. Um, but I should say that we don't use the toy as an obedience reward until we have the, some certain rules established, right? So one of the things is we're going to play with our dogs, and we want the dogs to be interested in playing with us. Now they're playing tug, or they're chasing a ball, or whatever it is, and they're into these activities, but they don't, we don't use it in obedience as a reward until they're really into it. They'll let go of it when I ask them to let go of it, and they'll bring it back to me if I let them have it or throw it for them. If I don't have those three things established, don't try to use it during your obedience. Because obviously if they don't want it enough, it's not a reward they won't let go of it, then I get one repetition of whatever behavior I want, and then I have a fight <laughs> to get the thing back. So whatever good things they learned, they just unlearned because I had to choke them off the thing afterwards, right? So they had a good experience and then immediately followed by a bad one, right? So that's, we would prefer not to do that. And if they won't bring it back to you, it's a problem too, because then if they pull it out of your hand or you throw it and then you got to chase them around and get it back from them, again, you introduce conflict to your and disrupts the flow of your obedience sessions and potentially introduces conflict into the relationship. So what we want to do is make sure you get those things all ironed out in the play portion before you go on to using it in the obedience. And then once you have those, now my dog, I've sh shown him with food how to sit, down, stand, heel, look at me, whatever. And, and he knows in play, he li really likes the toys, he'll bring them right back to me, he'll out them, he'll do all those things. Now at that point I can start using the toy in place of the food in obedience games, right? But I tend to try to get those things uh, uh, established as their own thing. So a typical thing with me with puppies that I bring the puppy out, I do some food work a little bit, and then I take a break and I do a play session. And then I do those repeatedly. So the food sessions I concentrate on teaching the puppy all their basic stuff, you know, their reward, their communication language, their reward marker, how to follow lures, shaping behaviors, initial behaviors, all that kind of stuff. I'm installing stuff. Separately, I'm playing with them, and in, during play, they're learning to like to play, they're learning to out the toy, they're learning to bring the toy back to me, they're learning those things, and then I merge those worlds as you go along. Uh, and you'll have some dogs that are going to be more motivated by food for their entire life, in which case you can use a toy to exercise them and stuff, but you're still probably, when doing obedience, then are going to use 
food more frequently than a toy because it's a higher value reward for that dog. And then for a lot of other dogs, the play is going to outstrip their desire for food rapidly, especially when you start working with, uh, with working breeds or herding breeds and those sorts of things, retrievers and those dogs. Um, even though they do like food, most of them, by the time they're mature, if you're playing with them on a regular basis, their desire for the, the toy is much higher than their desire for food. And so that that's the highest value reward. So in the end, we want to use what's most rewarding to the dog, right? Because if we do that, we get better, stronger behaviors. So we'll switch to whatever the dog likes best after we've done the initial teaching phases. Make sense? I filmed this short little lecture at Michael's School in California. If you're currently a dog trainer or a dog training instructor and you want to take your work to the next highest level, I recommend going out and attending one of Michael's classes.